0: I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank & Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next.
1: Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four.
0: Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal, and Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson is on a very well-deserved vacation, but we still have our wonderful sponsors here with us today. We have Doris Ruth, who's the Fraud Manager at Montecito Bank and Trust, who has her pulse on the latest scams that are happening in our area. So welcome, and thank you so much for being here, Doris. Thank you, once again, for inviting us, and we always love to put
1: out the word on what's happening recently.
0: And you really keep track of things and do such a good job warning your customers. I know you mentioned we were chatting a little bit before we got started today that you're getting warnings from your processors. Could you explain that to our listeners a little further? Yes, and what I mean by our processor, they are someone
1: that we work with. They process our debit and our credit card transaction. So when a transaction is going through the system, It's also going through the processor and comes over to Montecito Bank and Trust. We supply certain information to them, vice versa, and then the transaction is approved or declined. So they keep a really good pulse on what is happening throughout the United States. So we're just one of their institutions that they help process the transactions for with us. So they pretty much get a notification or they see items that are happening currently. And if they see something of a bigger trend, they do go ahead and let us know so that we can keep an eye out for it and to also educate our customers. So it's like a two-way streak. We rely on our processor and our processor relies on us to also send out this information to our customers. So I'm going to read off some of the information that they've provided to us and we get a sense. And I'm also going to give you some of the tips and tricks to avoid being a participant and possibly being scammed that they gave us. So I'll be giving you both sides of what we've been alerted to. And you may have heard about this already from a few other scam squads that we've done or what Vicky may have mentioned in the past. As they stated, the recent health concerns that have impacted every aspect of our lives have now led consumers to increasingly turn to digital payments, which is so true. We all do more online banking. We're constantly online just to look at our balance, transfer money between accounts, friends, etc. But this also enables the fraudsters to hide among the larger volume. So they're starting to take advantage. Well, they aren't starting. They've been taking advantage of the pandemic, and they're using fear and uncertainty to victimize the consumer. <laughs> they explained to us in one scenario, the consumer receives a text from a fraudster to alert about a suspicious transaction. And then upon receiving a response text declining the transaction from the consumer, the fraudster then calls the consumer pretending to be the fraud department of the financial institution. And we've talked about that quite a bit about they're trying to fish. They go ahead and use the name of Montecito Bank and Trust. They use our phone number, but it's just not actually where they're calling from. And then they go ahead and gain access to the consumer's online banking account by requesting the username and the one-time password, which, once again, a financial institution will never, ever ask you for. And then they go ahead and they reset the password because then you can't get back into it because now you don't know what they've reset that password to. And then upon gaining access to the online account, the fraudster goes ahead and registers for a person-to-person payment and in Montecito Bank and Trust, we use Zelle. So they'll go ahead and open up a Zelle account, and then they'll go ahead and attempt to send the payments. So in a majority of these cases, our processor detected the fraud activity and the transactions as high risk. And then the user then used, received what we call a stepped-up authentication, which is like a two-way text that you would get normally, and you get like a, an authorization code. Well, they'll convince you to give that authorization code to them because it's been tagged as high risk. They're getting that information so they can still go ahead and gain access into your account. So in these cases, the fraudster calls to convince the consumer to authorize the stepped up authentication request so that the consumer can receive a refund. So they're even stating that, hey, if you do this, there's a refund that's coming through that should be applied to your account from a previously fraudulent transaction. In reality, the consumer is not getting a refund, but is sending the payments to the fraudster. So they're just trying to convince you to do something. What we go ahead and tell our customers, the bank is never going to ask for your user ID and your password And then if they are contacting you and you believe you're talking to the financial institution, just hang up and you look for your bank's phone number from going into the Internet and actually looking up that phone number. So I'm just going to go ahead and give you what our processor has asked us to educate our consumers with. One, your financial institution will never call you to request information you receive via text or pressure you to reset your online banking login passwords. And then, two, don't trust caller ID. Caller ID may be modified to show your financial institution's name. That's been a big one recently. Don't provide your online banking login credentials, one-time passwords account number, or personal information by email or text or phone call. Using their published phone number, reach out to your financial institution to confirm that the request is legitimate. And don't give information over the phone if you receive a call stating that a transaction is canceled, even if the caller claims to be your financial institution. Once again, contact your financial institution bank using a published phone number. And don't click on links in unsolicited emails or texts. And I know it's so hard not to do that because we're all curious and a lot of times the way it's worded, you feel like you do have to click on that link. Only click on links that you're expecting to get something from. Let's say a friend says, I'm going to send you an email. You know, this is really funny. Even though you know it's coming from a friend, you don't know if they've been hacked. And now they're sending something on to gain more information from your side. And lastly, one of the items they gave us is don't give an unsolicited caller remote access to your computer. That's been a big one recently. We've had a lot of customers receive pop-ups. We see there's an error. This is Apple. We can help you call this 800 number and you call and, of course, it's not Apple. And then they ask you to get gift cards. Never, never, ever, ever go purchase a gift card. It's not legitimate. A company will never ask you to do that. These were some good
0: tips. They were some good tips. I have a couple quick questions. So it seems like everything that I go online and log into, almost everything, requires that two-step authentication. They send a text to me and then I put it in the blank space where they ask you to put it in. So these fraudsters are not doing it that way. They're sending it, but then they're calling and asking you to give it to them over the phone. Is that what you were saying happens? It's kind of complicated the way they do
1: it. You may be getting a call from a processor and then there's a two-way text that is being sent and they call you immediately because they know that you've got that text information and they perpetrate to be the bank, the fraud department. Usually about two people or so working together in the background and the fraudster is what we see. It has alerted a case. You do get that second authentication, but... What they do is they start doing transactions which creates an alert at the processor. They kind of know some of the system that's going on Mm -hmm. with banks and their processor. And they know you're going to get a two-way text because they did those fraudulent transactions. Right. And now they're calling you to say, hey, this is the bank again. You know, mm-hmm. we're trying to correct your error, the fraudulent activity. And you give them the two-way text and then they start getting it to the information. They've
0: gotten so sophisticated. That's why we appreciate your warning yeah, yeah. so much because I could so easily see how a very bright, savvy person could fall for this thinking, this person is trying to help them. So we really appreciate your warnings and appreciate Montecito Bank of Trust for keeping us up on the latest scams. They do keep evolving. Sometimes they have a general theme, but they act like they're trying to help you and they're not. They're calling you by phone when that's not the typical way to do it. So these are really great warnings. And it always seems like they're always one step ahead, too, because
1: that one took us a little while to figure out. It's like, how are they getting that? And that's, we realized uh, there were some transactions right at the same time. And so they're trying right. that
0: they did. So, Which made it seem yeah. very legit when they got in touch with the customer yeah. because they did just get the code. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so very much, Doris. And thank you to everyone at Montecito Bank and Trust for keeping us safe. We really appreciate okay. it.
1: Okay. All righty. Bye bye okay. now.